Welcome to episode 42 of the Search with Canada podcast recorded on Sunday the 5th of January 2020. My name is Mark Williams-Cook and it's our first episode in the new year. So happy new year and welcome back to those that are returning back to work today. In this episode, we are going to be talking about SEO disasters, how to prevent them. And to do this, you'll be hearing a Search Norwich talk by Stephen Van Vessem, who is the co-founder of Content King. I actually hadn't met Stephen before he came to Search Norwich, and I'm really glad I did. Apart from being a really nice guy, uh, I'm actually now a Content King customer. I won't give you any spiel about it, but for those who have never heard it, it's a real-time website monitoring tool with a focus on SEO, and it's definitely kind of one of the slickest tools I've seen. As I said, I've signed up, and I'm pretty picky nowadays with the tools I use. Uh, Steve's a really nice guy as well. His talk will take you through some real-world examples of SEO disasters he's encountered. So before uh, Steve co-founded Content King, he was actually working at an SEO agency, so he's seen a lot. Um, and he actually goes through how to how to put in process ways to prevent these, monitor and prevent for these disasters. In fairness, it is a lot of area, it's like an area a lot of SEOs are weak in. Uh, by that I mean you know, people will do competent audits, they'll get changes implemented, but they fail to have a system in place for when a client moves a page or the development agency maybe pushes an update without informing you. It's a great talk. Uh, we have another Search Norwich event lined up already for next Wednesday, the 15th of January. I'm hugely excited about this. Uh, we actually have Elena Solis coming to talk about marketplace SEO. So that's getting your products to rank in all the other places apart from Google. Hannah Rampton is also coming. If you haven't heard of Hannah before, you're missing out. Hannah has produced some incredible SEO tools based on Google Sheets, and she'll be talking you through those. It's a free event, Wednesday 15th, and you can register at searchnorwich.org. Here's Stephen. We're going to be talking about SEO disasters. Uh, basically, all of the things that can, can go wrong uh, when you're doing SEO. Um, first of all, uh, when I go to meetups or conferences and I sit on, in on a talk, I always ask myself, like, why should I listen to this person? Uh, so I'll try to convince you. Um, but to get started, you may notice I have a bit of a weird accent. It's a blend of Dutch, British English, and Canadian English from a dark past. <laughs> uh, so humor me. Uh, who am I? Uh, I'm the VP of Community over at Content King. Um, that basically means I'm involved uh, in everything that has to do with community. I do a lot of writing, promoting, uh, and talks like these. I used to run an agency in the Netherlands, did that for six years, and um, at some point we got fed up with that because we saw that websites kept on breaking, <coughs> uh, clients were deleting content, stuff happened. We would find out too late. But since we were the ones responsible for SEO, at the end of the month we'd make the monthly report and client would ask like, hey guys, what happened? And yeah, we couldn't really get away with, oh yeah, but you deleted these important pages a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they would counter with, okay, but why are you only telling me now? You should have told me right away. Uh, and that's the kind of discussion you're never going to win, because even if you win the discussion, the client isn't going to be happy. 
Um, so I vend it to my business partner, Vincent, and he said, Steve, I know how to fix this. Uh, and I was sick for a couple of days. I came back to the office and he had built a prototype of what Content King is right now. Uh, tell you a little bit more about that. Uh, love to read and write and talk about SEO. I do that at Search Engine Journal, uh, uh, site you may know, um, Content Marketing Institute and CMS Wire. I spend the majority of my time writing for our own academy. Um, it's basically where I write about a bunch of SEO topics. Uh, so uh, two weeks ago, I published a guide on Magento, uh, Magento 2, uh, how to get it in shape. Uh, that's basically how I spend most of my time. Headphones on, doing research, trying to break stuff. Uh, and yeah, basically describing um, how not to do it. Um, I'm involved in uh, organizing SEO meetups as well. Uh, I co-organized the biggest SEO meetup in the Netherlands, which is a lot of fun. Um, we're going to have one in a couple of weeks. So if you like the Netherlands, you like SEO, come down, hit me up for a ticket. So without further ado, um, Contenting, uh, it's a real-time SEO auditing and change tracking platform. It's a lot of difficult words. What we basically do is we keep track of websites 24-7. We look for issues. We look for changes. We know from our experience what impacts your visibility in organic search. And when important stuff changes or issues get introduced, we alert you. So it's basically a watchdog. So why SEO disasters? Um, I have an interest, some people call it a fetish, I like to keep call it an interest in SEO disasters uh, because I, I think it's fascinating to see why certain things go wrong uh, and how they happen, how they could have been prevented, etc. etc. Um, so I love to hear and talk about them. Um, it helps me to become a better SEO, um, but it also enables me to teach others about uh, the things I've seen, the things I've heard, and to basically share all of that. So hopefully other people won't have to make the same mistakes. I'll settle for at least a couple. So when something really happens, uh, like an, an SEO disaster, a drop in traffic, rankings drop, um, I always look at what happened and what the results are. Why did it happen and how it could have been prevented? Because if you don't ask yourself the last question, you're going to run into the same issue over and over again. Um, what's really important uh, is a mention on like, who's to blame for, for stuff like this. It's always the damn developer. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, that's actually not true because SEOs love to blame developers for things, but oftentimes it comes down to uh, like a mix of responsibility because the developer could say, hey, but you should have trained me. Uh, why didn't you have uh, like a team meeting before the website migration where you explained all of the, the important stuff we had to look out for when we we're going to be doing the migration. Uh, so when it comes to SEO disasters, it's always um, uh, multiple people involved. There's rarely only just one person or a team that's to blame. Uh, so that's really important. Take responsibility. And a note about SEO disasters uh, is uh, people, um, like I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, you go on social media and people are posting their Systrix charts where traffic is going up and it's always going up. No one's posting uh, screenshots of their own data uh, where traffic's going down. No, one, no one's really talking about all of the things that went wrong. 
Um, so I'm, I'm trying to break the taboo. Therefore, uh, the first example, the first SEO disaster I want to discuss with you is one I initiated myself. <laughs> um, when we were running our agency, um, it was Friday afternoon, uh, and a client wanted to do a launch. And we knew it wasn't that smart, but it wasn't such a big deal in our uh, opinion. Uh, so we went ahead with it anyway. Uh, we were uh, dealing with a multilingual site. It was an uh, English, Dutch, and German site. Um, the, the Dutch site was most important. Uh, and they were migrating from HTTP to HTTPS. And um, we did that on a Friday afternoon. And I see people shaking their heads because it's a silly idea. <laughs> but the client was pressuring us. And we were like, oh, we've done this a bunch of times. What could go wrong? <coughs> That's usually how these stories start. <laughs> Uh, so we accidentally, uh, I, I actually asked our intern to like, just handle this. It's not that hard. Just do it. And like, yeah, he, he did his job and he said, hey guys, it's 4 uh, p.m. Let's open up a couple of beers and celebrate the weekend. Uh, so we did that, uh, but we had accidentally redirected the German and the English side into the Dutch side. So the, the English and the German side weren't accessible. And for, well, users couldn't access them, but for search engines, it looked like uh, these three sites were actually merged into one and the English and the German site were just gone. Uh, so like from an SEO point of view, this is really, really bad. Uh, and as we were basically celebrating uh, the start of the weekend, our client rang us and was like, hey guys, I'm trying to yeah, look up the, the English site and keep sending me to the Dutch one. What happened? Uh, and those, those are always the dreadful calls that you wish uh, never happened uh, because, uh, yeah, you just... Uh, uh, as we say in Dutch, it looks like you're uh, standing in your, your singlet. Uh, you're just, uh, you look like a fool. Uh, because this is the kind of stuff you are responsible for. Uh, so uh, we fixed that within three hours. And luckily, it didn't have a noticeable effect on rankings and traffic. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, it, uh, yeah, put, put a scare, uh, it, it scared us. And we had to rethink the way we were doing it. One of the things we, we obviously had to reevaluate is whether we would cave under pressure of a client saying, hey, I want to launch on Friday afternoon. Um, so how could this have been prevented? Uh, so having a, a, a better test process would have definitely made a, a change. Uh, it would be very easy to see that uh, uh, the English and German sites were redirected to the Dutch one. Uh, so testing for sure. Um, monitoring for stuff like this uh, as well. Um, this is one of the examples we always talk about when we're discussing why we created Content King. Uh, it's stuff like this, that if you have software running in the background that looks after your sites, uh, you don't really have to worry about it. Sure, you need to test, you need to have proper processes, you need to talk to your colleagues, you need to train them well. But uh, at the end of the day, there's uh, more focus for actual work that can be done by humans uh, and less repetitive, <coughs> boring work. Uh, not rushing important updates. So what we uh, did is we said uh, from Monday to Wednesday afternoon, we're going to be doing releases. And we're not going to be releasing anything on Thursday and Friday. Because if we do release on Wednesday, we need to have more time uh, to, to fix it. And if something goes wrong, we have Thursday and Friday. And that's usually fine. So this was our uh, SEO disaster. Uh, the next one up was brought to my attention by Jenny Hallis. 
she was um, called into uh, action by a client, and uh, they launched a press section uh, on a website. So we're basically adding a new section to the site. And uh, well, when you're developing uh, a new section of the site or new functionality, you do that in a staging environment. And uh, once it's approved, you push it to a production environment. That's basically the yeah, default release cycle. Um, so they launched the section, sent out a press release, uh, and it was actually very, very successful. Uh, they got a lot of links to it, uh, so that was great. But the press section wasn't getting indexed, and they were scratching their heads. They were like, hey, shit, what, what, what's going on? Uh, and they, they called Jenny and said, hey, do you mind, uh, could you take a look at this? Um, and it turned out that the production environment had a canonical pointing to the staging environment. Meaning that from a search engine point of view, uh, the production pages were being canonicalized to the staging pages. But the staging pages weren't accessible to anyone, not to users, not to search engines. So all of that authority and potential rankings were just flushed down the toilet because well, search engines couldn't reach it, they couldn't understand it, and that was the end of it. So how could this have been avoided? Uh, well, one of the things that could really save this was education on uh, best practices. Um, and, and this is more of a, a best practice from a development point of view. That, like, you shouldn't hard code your canonical URLs. You should always make them, uh, depending on the environment, uh, the, the science on. Uh, that would have solved this. Like, this would have never been an issue. Uh, but testing um, would have easily caught this as well. Like, even just manual testing or using some tool uh, would have definitely uh, stood out like a sore thumb. On-page SEO monitoring as well. So um, tools out there will pick up new pages and evaluate them to see, hey, are these pages in good shape or do they require your attention? Oftentimes when new content's published, there's always something wrong with it. Could be a dead link or could be canonical to a staging environment. The next one up is uh, pagination gone wrong, and this person didn't want to go on the record, so that's why it has the an anonymous face. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, so client wanted their pagination system on our e-commerce site to be more user-friendly and shiny. Uh, so what they did is they introduced uh, a very user-friendly, JS-driven uh, pagination uh, system. Um, so it was relying on client-side JavaScript. Uh, to work, and it worked fine for users, but search engines have still issues uh, with JavaScript. So uh, what happens is a search engine crawler comes to the site uh, and sees that uh, yeah, a big portion of the site is relying on the execution of JavaScript to be able to function. So what they'll do is they'll stop what they're doing, send the page to the rendering queue, which is really long, um, because uh, rendering JavaScript is extremely expensive for search engines. Uh, so if I were to have to guess, I would say um, just going through a regular HTML page versus <coughs> rendering uh, a JavaScript page is 100 times more expensive in terms of server resources. Uh, so resources are limited. Um, Google's getting pretty good at this, but um, in this particular case, uh, all of the JavaScript needed to be executed, and only after executing that and getting the full page with all of the links to the products, they could follow those links. 
So that slowed down the whole crawling and indexing process. So the result was that the rollout of this pagination system meant there was a massive change to the internal link structure. So the internal link structure is basically the, the sum of all the internal links within your site. For an e-commerce site, the pagination uh, is oftentimes uh, one of the few ways to reach products. So a lot of these product pages didn't really uh, get a lot of attention anymore. They were getting crawled less, uh, not indexed as well, uh, and they were dropping uh, from the index. Uh, and if you're not in the index, you're sure shit not going to rank. Um, so that's not, not a good thing. So that's Googlebot, and that's the uh, traffic going down over time. So again, how could this have been avoided? Uh, education on best practices. Uh, it is widely known that uh, search engines don't really do well yet with JavaScript, and it just takes more time uh, for them to eat through all of that JS content and uh, kind of try to make sense of it. Uh, and search engines claim that they're really good at it, but the, the fact of the matter is that uh, they're a long way from being really good at that. Uh, in some cases, uh, John Mueller from, from Google, uh, he mentioned a couple of weeks ago that it could take up to three, four weeks for a new page that heavily relies on JavaScript uh, to be crawled and indexed. And if you're pushing new content, so for instance, say I publish an article uh, and I want it to be indexed as soon as possible, so I, ideally like the same day or the next day, something like that. Can you imagine having to wait a couple of weeks for your content to be indexed? That means you're not able to compete with your competition, et cetera, et cetera. So just a matter of uh, um, yeah, picking your battles, and this is definitely not one you want to pick. Uh, and there's very good ways to deal with this. So you could, for instance, use server-side rendering um, or uh, uh, pre-rendering. There's all kinds of services out there. Uh, you can do like a hybrid approach. You give Google HTML. Uh, and your users JavaScript. Uh, so there's no way for this to really go wrong. Plenty of options. Uh, proper testing would have um, uh, definitely uh, picked this up as well. The fourth example um, was brought to my attention by Patrick Stocks and he was working on an e-commerce site and they had some JavaScript magic going on in the head section of the page. So if you look at a, uh, an HTML page, you have the head section and it has stuff like uh, a page title, meta description, um, basically the things you see in a search engine result page. Uh, it has a canonical uh, meta robots tag, so your preferred guidelines around crawling and indexing and a bunch of other stuff. And what's actually in there is really, really important. Search engines look for these tags within the header and not in the body. Uh, and what happened here was because of the code in uh, the JavaScript code in the heading, um, some of the content was pushed down to the body. So the head section was prematurely closed and the canonical ended up in the body. And when Google comes across this, they'll just ignore it because it's not uh, according to the guidelines. So they just ignored it. Uh, but for an e-commerce website, this can have a really big impact because there's uh, so many ways to reach a certain product. Uh, so for instance, if you're selling shoes, 
uh, uh, shoe uh, can be available in, I don't know, four or five colors, uh, 10 different sizes, maybe even male and female uh, uh, types. So there's um, a product, could have, I don't know, 30, 40 product variants, and oftentimes they're canonicalized to the main product, because at the end of the day, that's the product that's gonna get all of your, your internal links, and that's the one you're, uh, uh, you're ranking with. Um, and in this case, uh, you basically created uh, 30, 40 duplicates per product. Uh, so from a, um, a duplicate content point of view, this was a big disaster because you just create more confusion. There's no such thing as a penalty that Google uh, gives you for having duplicate content. Uh, that's a thing of the past. But uh, when you're talking about giving search engines the right signals uh, on how to crawl, index, and understand your site, uh, you want there to be no confusion because SEO is hard enough as it is. So yeah, this, this wasn't really helping their case. So the result was Google ignored the canonical URL and they created a lot of duplicate content. And again, education on best practices uh, would have definitely helped uh, prevent this from happening. Uh, but testing as well, because this is something that if you, um, so if, if you were to manually check this, you could miss it. Uh, but if you were to t switch on any SEO tool that does some form of crawling, and, and, and yeah, you would have definitely picked this up. The fifth and last SEO disaster is actually one that kind of just happens in your head. Uh, so um, who, who knows what the disavow tool is that, that Google has? Uh, okay, a couple of hands. All right, cool. So um, Google allows you to basically say, I want to devalue these links. Uh, I don't trust them. Don't count them for uh, my website authority, basically. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, if you have some dodgy Russian links and you're uh, not really happy with them, you don't want to risk a potential penalty, uh, you can say, okay, I want to disavow these. 99% of the sites will never have to use uh, the disavow tool because Google has, for the last two years, off the top of my head, um, they have been devaluing dodgy links uh, for you because that's just how the internet works. There's lots of automated scripts that generate pages, generate links, and there's nothing you, you can really do about it. It just happens. And Google said, okay, we're gonna devalue these links. Uh, and only in case of uh, deliberate manipulation, uh, link manipulation, uh, they would take action. Um, so there was a lot of um, SEO news going on about the disavow vowel. Uh, very prominent SEO figures were promoting uh, using the tool if it only looked, if the link looked remotely dodgy. Um, so this person went uh, at it with a hatchet. Um, and he or she cut away much uh, more than uh, they should have really done. Um, so in reality, a lot of these dodgy links actually still add value. Uh, and if you cut away everything that looks remotely dodgy, you're oftentimes cutting away way too much. Uh, so when it comes to disavowing, it's really tricky. Uh, you can easily basically tell them to discredit uh, much more than you really wanted to. So how could this have been avoided? Well, critical thinking for one, uh, but also going to meetups like these. 
So when we've done our talks and you grab a drink, um, you can basically tell someone, hey, I'm dealing with something. Can I get your opinion on this? Um, I have some dodgy links. What do you think I should do? Uh, is there, are there any good articles about this topic you can refer me to, etc., etc.? Uh, and it's just, uh, not just in real life. Uh, there are plenty of Facebook groups and Slack groups. Hell, Mark here is running one. Slack workspace, search Norwich. It's really good. So um, uh, it's a lot of smart people in there discussing SEO. Uh, and it only takes you a minute to really explain what's going on. And yeah, you'll oftentimes get good feedback. So if we're talking about minimizing SEO disasters, what does it really come down to? Education on best practices, for sure. Involving uh, SEO specialists early on, not when the shit has already hit the fan. Um, just like, for instance, um, uh, yesterday I was talking to another SEO and he said, Steve, it happened to me again. It's like, what? Yeah, well, client came to me and said, hey, we want to uh, launch a website redesign. Uh, and they said, yeah, we want to do it in December. Uh, and it's an e-commerce site uh, and the holidays are really important to them. Uh, and, it, and he said, yeah, so it's December next year, right? And they said, no, 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 December 2019. And he was like, well, how do you think this is going to work out? Um, and, and that's the kind of thing that uh, clients really need to work on. Um, and even though you're really experienced, uh, experienced at SEO, uh, it takes some client education as well uh, to say, hey, if you're going to think about rebranding or redesigning or changing domains, whatever, just let me know in advance. And I can already consult uh, whether it makes sense, whether it's something uh, that makes sense from a SEO uh, or even a business point of view. Proper testing, having test processes, and people actually doing it. A lot of people think, oh, I can do this, hold my beer, and just put it live, and that's it. Uh, and having monitoring systems in place to basically make sure that all of the stuff you didn't check or that you missed are basically caught, and you get alerted about that. In order to keep on learning, um, I wrote a couple of articles about SEO disasters. So if you're interested in this and see what other <coughs> funny stuff happened, um, check them out. Uh, as Mark said, it's being recorded. Um, uh, we'll share around the slides. They're on, this, uh, on the website as well. So no need to write anything down or memorize it. You can just check them out later. Don't let SEO disasters surprise you. Um, and to help you with that, um, I put together an exclusive offer for Surge Norwich. Um, if you want to take Content King for a spin, um, we can get you an extended trial. So the default trial is two weeks. I can make it six weeks if you're interested. And that's it. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed that talk. You can find the video of Stephen's presentation, his slides, transcription, and links on the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk. If you're near to Norwich, don't forget to come down and meet us at the next Search Norwich meetup on the 15th of January. You can register at searchnorwich.org. Search with Canda will be back next Monday, the 13th of January. Have a great week.